Welcome to episode number 40 of the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, where Christina and I discuss self-sabotage, where it comes from, and how to stop it. This episode is all about figuring out what's holding you back from taking action on your goals and is a great pick-me-up if you're in a motivational rut. We used a lot of analogies, recommended a few books and speakers, and we really believe that this episode could be a game changer in your tendency to self-sabotage. As always, if you like the podcast and you want to support it, all we ask is that you share this episode with a friend, family member, or coworker who would benefit from it. One share can go a really long way and supports our mission to help as many people as possible to live a healthier, sustainable lifestyle. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this episode, number 40, Eliminating Self-Sabotage. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, Marissa Roy, And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about self-sabotaging and how to stop. Yeah. And I'm very excited. I feel like I say that at the beginning of every episode, but this is a huge one because we, we literally deal with this with our clients every single day and self-sabotage is very real and you might not even realize that you're doing it in your day-to-day life. So today, I guess we will break down what it is how to identify it, how to stop it, and how to put something positive in its place. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. So I, I guess the first thing to do would be to define it. So I I don't know, I I should have pulled up a definition (laughs) of it before we went into this, but self-sabotaging, um, is again, it's, it's your decisions that you're making that are sabotaging your goals, um, as a very, simple, easy explanation. Google says self-sabotage refers to behaviors or thought patterns that hold you back and prevent you from doing what you want to do. Exactly that. So it's kind of like your intentions might be there, but your actions just don't follow. So we've talked about this in previous episodes before where it's like, you know, you have this goal for maybe it's weight loss, but you are constantly eating off plan. You are going to restaurants and overeating. You are uh, binge eating or binge drinking on alcohol over the weekends. You're missing workouts. You're skipping cardio sessions. So again, it's like you want to lose weight. You want to diet. However, your actions are not following those intentions. Yeah, I love that. And I think alignment is very, very important. And we did talk about alignment a good bit in the last episode that we did, but between your intentions and your actions, you need alignment. So what you were saying exactly, if those two things don't line up, then they're not in alignment and we need to figure out a way to get them in alignment. So that's usually some sort of a reevaluation of what are your goals? What is your why? Why are you doing this? And so without getting too far into that, we did a whole episode on your why and motivation and deeper motivations behind things. So definitely listen to 39 if you haven't already, but just making sure that you have a clear vision of what it is you actually want to accomplish and why. And usually if you can establish that clarity, then you're probably done with half the battle. Right. And so that's another reason why Marissa and I always talk about having your goals very much in your forefront. So whether you're writing them down, whether you're having and setting intentions every single day, every single morning, you're writing your tasks that you need to complete, just having those little reminders constantly makes it super helpful and just reminds you where you want to go and what you need to do to get there. And again, we'll get further into that. um, But I guess we should talk a little bit about like kind of where self-sabotage might come from. So we can talk about that first. Yeah, that's a perfect transition. So uh, yeah, I think it really does come from a place of either low confidence or self-doubt or having 
very little trust with yourself. Um, I think we talked about this as well, but just like having a history of broken promises to yourself with, um, you know, your goals or whatever it is that you say you're going to do, but then not following through on that. So we might have a history of broken trust and therefore you might doubt yourself and your abilities to follow through on future goals that you set. Um, And then every single time that you break that trust with yourself, what happens is that you just lower your confidence with yourself every single time that you break that promise. So you might, for example, say, I'm going to lose 30 pounds and I'm going to go to the gym five days per week starting Monday. And you start on Monday and you maybe go one week and then the next week something comes up and you only go four days. And then because you kind of have that history of broken trust with yourself, once you miss that one workout, self-sabotage comes into play and you're no longer going at all for the next month. And then the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. So um, a lot of times I think that self-sabotage kind of comes from those roots. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree. Cause I, I think that again, it, it comes from those habits. And so I think that let's say for example, um, or maybe even it's, it's like you talked about that, that lack of confidence and that self-doubt. So if you skip a workout or you eat over your plan, you have those thoughts in your head, kind of like see I told you that you couldn't do this, um, that, you know, you're, you can't diet. You are never going to see results. Um, you can't achieve your goal. And so the more that you don't follow through with your intentions and the more you kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you reinforce those behaviors and you reinforce those thoughts that you have. And so it, it is really difficult to kind of come back from that. Um, So one of the things that we talk about that's super important is to not kind of tire stab. Um, So it's like if you, and we've talked about this again, we've referenced this in in so many different podcasts. If you eat over your macros and it's kind of the equivalent of like, oh shoot, like I got a flat tire. And so you don't get out of your car and go, well, well, I've already gone over my macros, like already one of my tires is blown out. So I might as like go and stab the other three. Um, so we want to be able to come back from those small setbacks and just say, like, you want to almost shift the narrative and shift the self-talk that you have in your head. So it's not, no, I'm not going to be successful, or it's not that, um, I can't create this healthy lifestyle. It's just that maybe you had a super busy week. And you weren't able to give your normal hundred percent. It looked maybe more like 50%, um, or maybe you were sick. And so it was actually better to rest in those moments, or maybe you just had one of those instances where it was like, well, you know, I chose to have one of those like memories over macros type moments. And so I made a conscious decision, but that doesn't mean that I'm a failure. It doesn't mean this. So just kind of shifting your beliefs. And your perceptions about your actions sometimes can really help as well. And then just trying to, of course, make sure that you realign and kind of set those intentions again for the next time. Yeah, I love that. And I want to build on that slashing your tires analogy, because I feel like I feel like we, as well as many other people use that analogy, you know, you don't slash all three of your other tires when you, when you slash one or you, you get a flat on one, but I've never heard anyone take that analogy farther. And so I'm going to be the queen of analogies today. Cause I wrote down a few while you were talking, <laughs> but, uh, so when it comes to that, that tire, it's like, okay, we don't slash all four, but what do we do in that situation? Practically, what do you do? You either call someone who knows how to replace a tire or you do it yourself and you have a spare in your car. Right. And so either way you're problem solving and you figure out how to get a tire back on your car, and then you keep driving. And so in the real life scenario, why would your diet, why would your training plan be any different, right? So problem solve, figure out, okay, what was it that went wrong? How do I prevent this from happening again? How can I remedy this right now? What can I do to make the rest of my day, my week, my month better? And then keep driving. So keep going, get back on the horse. So I think, just kind of viewing it from that as like, okay, you know, your, 
your tire analogy is, is a learning experience, right? So you got a flat tire. Now you know how to, you know, put a new tire on your car. You know, maybe you didn't before, and maybe that's something that you know how to do. And so now it's a learning experience, right? You've added that tool to your tool belt. You know how to handle that situation. You're not going to get a flat tire in that situation again, or if you do, you know how to, how to fix it. Um, and so maybe the lesson you learn is don't drive over upward facing nails. Right. And so, <laughs> and so you learn that, Brilliant. right. Or like maybe in the, in the diet or fitness analogy, maybe it's, you know, don't set your expectations too high on a week that you're, you know, you know, you have a heavy week of work or something. Right. And then you don't cross that bridge again, and then you don't pop your tire another time. Yeah. And another example might be like vacation too. Cause I, I have a lot of clients right now who who have either gone on vacation and come back and had some difficulties or on vacation now or have upcoming vacations and they want to make sure that they can stay on track. Um, And so one of the things I tell them is I'm like, hey, go into this vacation telling yourself already that like you are not going to be perfect on this trip and that is okay. So it's kind of like you mentioned and what we talked about, it's like setting those expectations and that helps so much with your with your mindset, because if you go into it thinking you're going to be perfect and then something happens again, it's kind of like, well, I've already done this. So what does the rest of the trip matter? So it's kind of just like making sure that you know, that it's okay to, to not be a hundred percent perfect all the time. So when you talk about like, yeah, like if I have a busy work week, Maybe I, I can't make it to the gym four days a week, but I can make it two, and that's still better than nothing. Or when I go on vacation, I'm going to allow myself a couple meals out that may not be perfect, um, and then I'll make some healthier decisions for lunch and breakfast or something like that. So it's it's just you know again you you're not perfect, but you're still compromising, and all of those are learning experiences. So if maybe something doesn't go well, well you know it, you didn't fail. It's just like you mentioned, don't drive over nails. Um, I know that this isn't a, a tactic or a habit that works. So I need to try something different next time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when it comes to setting those expectations, it's very important to realize that just like in every cartoon that we watched as a kid, I told you I'm going to be the queen of analogies today. Uh, you're going to have the devil and the angel on your right and left shoulders, right? And so it's like, really, who are you going to listen to the most? And that devil on your shoulder is going to be telling you, you can't do this. You're not capable. You can't follow through on anything you say you're going to do. And if you keep listening to that voice in your ear, that voice in your head, then you're going to continue to fall into that trap of self-sabotage but the other voice uh is the angel and I like to I guess use that as a parallel to what you were saying about setting expectations like oh hey you're not going to be perfect but that's okay and a lot of times a coach can be that angel on your shoulder to set the appropriate expectations for you, encourage you, pick you back up when you're down and make sure that you aren't falling off track you know in in the way that the devil on your shoulder wants you to it's kind of the uh what is the like saying it's like the wolf that you feed is the one that grows or something like that sounds right there's like a story <laughs> of like eh, I don't know <laughs> yeah I know that's kind of like you have a white wolf and a black wolf like I've heard that yes it's that now yeah yeah I mean it's essentially just you know the devil and the angel on your shoulder yeah, exactly yeah all of the analogies, but very, like very important to kind of keep in mind that you're going to have both of those voices. And unfortunately, most people have a much larger and louder devil on their shoulder than angel. Yeah. Um, so again, like self-sabotage normally comes from a place of self-doubt and having low levels of confidence. So we've talked about that before and we've talked about how to kind of combat that a little bit. And so we talk about too, that, uh, self-sabotage that sometimes like it's, it's easier to do in a maintenance and growing phase because it's like, well, like what's the, you know, the point is to grow. So like, why not just, you know, eat some more or I'm not prepping and I'm not dieting. So I might as well just skip this session because it doesn't matter. And we've talked a lot about how being in a reverse and actually being in a, in a maintenance phase can, you can still make a ton of progress, even if you feel like it's, it's not as rewarding as dieting, where it's not like every week you see new lines or you see a new low on the scale. Um, it is a little bit more, uh, 
you have to really put in a lot of time and effort to see those changes. Um, but they are kind of easier. And so if you're like, shit, that sounds like me, <laughs> that sounds like something I'm doing. Um, again, it's just kind of stepping back and trying to realign and set intentions moving forward. Yeah, well, that actually sounds very much like me and how I've, the trap that I continue to fall into and have to keep pulling myself out of is the, okay, well, my goal is to build muscle. My goal is to maintain. So I might as well eat more. I might as well go over my numbers. I might as well have this cheat or whatever it is. And here's the thing, guys, if you actually break that down and you look at, okay, well, if the goal is to gain as much muscle as possible in the next 12 months, two years, and you need to stay out of a deficit for that period of time. So like, for example, I want to compete in 2023 and therefore I need to stay out of a deficit until probably the start of 2023 or the very end of 2022 at the very earliest. So if you break it down, you actually look at it critically and you say, okay, well, does it matter? Because if I just eat more and eat more and eat over my numbers or eat over my calories, whatever, what's going to happen? I'm going to get too fat too quickly. And then I'm going to have to go into a deficit to correct that. And so what, what's the end result? I'm actually going to spend less total time in a, at maintenance or in a surplus because I wasn't adherent to the plan at the given time. And so I think that has given me a brand new perspective on how to actually look at this like massing phase, this gaining phase for me, because it, it actually does very much motivate me because my goal is I want to stay out of a deficit for like the next year and a half. And that terrifies me. But what terrifies me more is not sticking to that path and having to do another cut because I wasn't able to stick to it. So right. I don't know if that like applies to anyone who's listening, but if you have a long-term muscle gain goal, that's something that really helps to pull me back on track. Yeah. And another thing that helps, and Marissa and I were talking about this earlier. So investing in a coach or some other form of accountability can help so, so much. So we, again, we were talking about this from our point of view, because we have coaches ourselves. So coaches have coaches and there's a lot of other things that go into that. Like we just, we think about so many other people's plans that it's just very nice to have someone else take control of yours. And we like being the clients and just getting something to follow and just not having to think about it. Very, very nice. Um, but the other factor that goes into it is the investment portion of it. So putting some sort of monetary investment because it's, it's no longer just this like free commodity where it's like, well, it doesn't really matter if I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing because there's no financial loss. I'm just, I don't know. It's just another week of me not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But if you're paying for it, if you're investing say three, four, five hundred, six hundred dollars a month, and you're like, you're like, well, what's the point of having this plan if I don't do what I'm supposed to be doing? So I think there's also kind of a mental shift because a lot of people, and I understand the, the mindset that goes into it. A lot of people want to do the detoxes and the 75 hard. And we've talked about that before. Um, but they're, they're looking kind of for those free, like quick fixes. And if you don't have any money tied up into it, then it's easy to just be like, well, whatever, I'm just not going to do it. And that's it. I quit. Um, so if you have that, that accountability person, if you have someone who's checking in on you every single week, you have someone who knows what your goals are and can help you kind of get back on track and troubleshoot, that makes a huge difference. in you actually showing up and putting in the effort to create the results that you want. Absolutely. And like personally, so I know we both have both fitness coaches for our, for our regular plans, our day-to-day -day diet exercise, but we also have business coaches and it's the concept of just skin in the game, right? You have to have that skin in the game to be invested. And a lot of times a monetary investment is an, is an emotional investment. And for me, it stopped self-sabotage. And for me, even on like my consultation call with my business mentors, I was grappling. And I, I think I may have said this before, but I have told a, a lot of clients about this uh, experience as well, but I was grappling with my own self-doubt on that call before I committed, because I said, am I going to be able to follow through with myself? Am I going to be able to bet on myself with this investment and actually pull through? 
And basically for me, making that investment gave me no choice, but to do that and to take action. And it's been the best thing I've ever done for my business and for my life. But it just took that, you know, realizing I'm not going to stop myself with self-sabotage before I even get started. And so I, I have this experience with a lot of clients on consultation calls. It's like, I will walk them through the program. And then we talk about the price and then they're like, okay, well, I need to think about it. Here's what happens when they get off the call. And if you're someone who's, you know, done this with me and you're listening to this, you, if you get off the call, what you do is you allow that time in between allows your self-doubt to just creep in and take over. And that devil on your shoulder yells and yells and yells and yells until you say, nope, I just can't do it. Can't afford it. Don't have the time, whatever. And you know, you've, you've sabotaged yourself before you were even able to start on the flip side, making that investment. Like I said, for me, absolute game changer. Once my skin was in the game, I have been under the most amazing pressure. I am constantly just taking action, taking action, taking action, because I have no choice. I made a really big investment in this shit. Like I have to take action. And so that's, I think a, a really personal example to me that just you spoke directly to it, Christina. Yeah. And I mean, again, it, we, cause we both have the fitness coaches and we both have the business coaches. And so I think part of it too, is we're able to relate with our clients and potential clients who are going to make a big investment. That's scary because we've been in your shoes. We understand what it feels like. And we've definitely, and, and just like you said, the longer you're off that call, the more time you have to think about it. And it, it's the same thing. Like, I think it, it's interesting too. Cause if you think about it, it's like, you know, we can go and drop two, three, $400 on groceries or like on a shopping spree, um, or on a vacation. And we don't really think about it. And it's, it's an easy spend. Like it, it doesn't require any really a whole lot of thought. You just do it. And then you don't have to put in any effort. Like you, you get instant gratification. So when you're paying for a coach, like you pay all this money up front and then you have to put in the work to create the transformation. And I think that sometimes it's that hard part. And again, that's where that self-sabotage kind of like sinks in and you have those self doubt, like you have those thoughts. And so it is really, really easy to talk yourself out of that. So, you know, whether you decide to go with a coach, whether it's us or someone else, um, it's a huge mental shift. And it helps a lot. And so maybe you're in a position where you're not able to commit financially or at least commit that much. One of the things that you can do is have an accountability partner. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have a friend that you're talking to, you know, every single day, every single week about your goals and they're holding you accountable. Like, Hey, did you go to the gym? Hey, did you do this? Did you do that? And, you know, a lot of times it helps if you guys are doing that together because you have something to talk about, something that you can uh, relate with the other person and really bond with them. And if you're both holding yourself accountable, you're sending each other like, I don't know, like gym pictures and things like that, or maybe you're able to go and do workouts together. That makes a really big difference. And then the, if you want to take it even like a step further, um, <clears throat> publicly declaring your goals. So, you know, <laughs> one of the things that Marissa and I started doing probably around the same time is we started documenting our fitness journeys on Instagram. I created a separate account that was totally anonymous because I was so embarrassed, but I was putting myself out there, putting my goals out there on the internet for strangers. And that was super scary. And I remember being like, well, like I haven't posted any fitness content, so I better go to the gym <laughs> or I better post something. And so I had that another, just another level and another factor of accountability that really helped me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I want to go back to, uh, the whole, like that space in between, you know, when you're making a decision for yourself, whether it's a commitment to a coach, whether it's a, a commitment to a job, a program, a relationship, whatever, um, some aspiration that you have. And when we talk about that devil yelling on your shoulder, usually the number one thing that you're hearing is, well, what if you fail? What's the worst possible case scenario? Like what, what's, what's the worst that could happen? Um, and, and I argue, and I, I encourage you to ask yourself what failure is to me. The only thing that constitutes failure is quitting is completely quitting. If you keep showing up 
and putting one foot in front of the other, you will make forward progress. And it's just the commitment of showing up that you need to make and everything else really gets easy after that. And so when it comes to self-sabotage, you have one decision to make, and that is to commit to showing up and not to quit no matter what. And if you do that, you will not fail because everything else, every mistake, every, uh, you know, whatever, something implodes in your face, you're, you get a flat tire, you drive over a nail, you slash, maybe you even slash all four of your tires after that, right? I still don't think that that is a failure. It's only a failure if you quit, because if you slash all four of your tires, what do you do? You have to buy new tires. So you have to keep moving forward. Then you keep driving. So um, I, I encourage you to just really dig into that. What even is failure? What's the worst possible case scenario? Like stop even thinking about the worst possible case scenario. And I'm taking this from uh, one of the speakers at the Global Leadership Summit that I went to a couple of weeks ago with the core team. Amazing, amazing talks. I forget her name, but she wrote the book called Hello Fear. And she always asks, what's the best case scenario? What's the best thing that can happen? Flood your mind with that. Like have that angel on your shoulder, talk to you and try to really listen to that. If you commit to yourself, if you make an investment, if you make a commitment, if you make something non-negotiable for yourself, what's the best possible case scenario? And what's on the other side of that? You probably don't even know how amazing that could be, especially when it comes to health and fitness. When you take control of your health, when you take control of your nutrition, your sleep, your habits, your whole life transforms, but you don't know what's on the other side of that. So ask yourself, what's the best possible scenario? You change your life. You change the way that you look at things, that you change the way that you make commitments to yourself and follow through on your, on your word. A lot can, a lot of good can come out of that. Right. And I, I love what you said about focusing on the best case scenario, or even like what's an okay scenario, <laughs> because if you focus again, it's like on that failure aspect, like what's the worst that can happen? Like you invest in a coach and then they take all your money and then you never hear from them again. Would that suck? Yeah, absolutely. But you're out, you know, 500 bucks or whatever. Um, but like best case scenario even if you're only able to put forth like 50% of your effort and it may not be perfect, what if you get 50% better? Yeah. That's better than staying in the same position that you were in now. Is it perfect? Were you perfect? Maybe not. But if you're able to improve your position by 50%, that is like you've moved forward. And chances are, if you've completed a program, you now have this, you now have the skills and the mindset to continually work on improving and getting better on your own. So you have those habits and you have those skills. And so that's one of the things that I really like to focus on too. So it's not just this, uh, this, you know, 60 or 60, this six month program, but you need to look further into it too. And that you can continue to build and can continue it to improve and evolve like throughout the years. Yeah. <laughs> 60 month program. <laughs> 60 month. It's like a car loan. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> no, but, um, I, I love that. And I think one thing to pull from what you said is the concept of, okay, you know, even if it's a okay scenario, right? Like you didn't get the best case scenario. You definitely didn't get the worst, but what did you do there? You built momentum. And I want to really touch on this when it comes to self-doubt, your lack of confidence in yourself, poor self-image, self-sabotage, all of the above, all of the self things. Uh, here's the thing. When you start to take action, that's when you start to believe. It's not the other way around. So if you don't believe in yourself, guess what? You're not going to believe in yourself until you take action. So you can't sit there and say, I'm going to wait until you know I, I start to feel better about myself to do this thing because it's never going to happen. You're just going to keep listening and listening and listening to that devil on your shoulder. And what's going to happen is you're just going to stay exactly where you are. But if you decide to take a small action, and this is what I tell a lot of my clients is a small action can literally be something that is so far away from your bigger goal that, you know, it seems so insignificant, but like, for example, if I have a client who wants to get to eating their protein intake of one gram per pound of body weight, and they are 150 pounds. And so they need 150 grams of protein per day, ideally, right? So if I tell them, let's eat 30 grams of protein per day, 
this week. That sounds so insignificant. It's definitely not ideal, but maybe this person wasn't even eating any to begin with, right? Maybe they were eating that, that or less than that, right? And if we just get consistent with that, we set a goal that is so easy to jump over that hurdle that like you can crush it seven days per week. It's no problem. It takes one small, small tweak in your day and it's, and it's crushed. What happens when you take that action? You build momentum. You build a little belief in yourself. You say, oh, I know that wasn't a big task, but it was kind of cool to follow through on something I said I was going to do. And then you build on that. Maybe the next week it's 40 grams, 50 grams. And then all of a sudden, like six weeks later, maybe you're hitting very, very close to that ideal amount of protein. And here's the best part. You believe in the fact that you can say that you're going to do something and then follow through on that. Right. And then maybe you came across some hurdles where you were like, well, now I'm at hundred. How do I get to 150? And you were able to overcome it. And you eventually got to a point where like, oh, okay, well, this is easy. I know how to do this now. Well, what's next? What else can I improve on? And one of the things that you were talking about with the action must come first. So I kind of also equate this to like self-help books. It's like, you can read all of these self-help books. You can listen to all of these like entrepreneurial type podcasts. You can do all that work, but if all you're doing is consuming, it's not going to get you anywhere. You might have all this knowledge, but if you're not applying that and learning as you go, then again, you're, you're just going to stay stagnant. So it's the idea of taking action and trying, and yeah, maybe you try and it doesn't work, but it's, again, it's not a failure unless you quit. They're just lessons learned. And so you know how to like, it's kind of like Marissa was saying like, okay, well now I know how to change a tire uh, myself and I know that I can continue going. I know that I shouldn't drive over nails. Um, I know that maybe I should avoid construction sites. It's like, you just, you start to learn and then it's easier to navigate and the path is kind of easier to get there before when you like, cause you started, you started on, on your journey. Um, there's so many different like analogies going on, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to start, you have to do something. And it's, it's so scary. It's so scary because we don't like failure, right? Like no one sets out on a goal thinking like, I can't wait to fail. <laughs> we don't, we don't think that, but it, you know, it's like when you do come across those moments, like you, it sucks, but you're able to sit there and go, okay, but here's the lesson from that. This is the takeaway. And now I can continue moving forward. It's not like, yeah, it's not like Marissa and I go, woohoo, we failed. <laughs> like, yay. But at the end, it's kind of like you, you sit there with your feelings. It sucks. Normally you have to talk through it with someone else, but you just kind of get back up and keep going. Yeah. And, and so here's a concept. And I just thought of this, this is not scripted. It's not on the outline. Obstacles are a blessing. I'll say that one more time. Obstacles are a blessing. What I mean by that is I have never met anyone who is successful in something, whether it's fitness, business, life, whatever, that wasn't faced with hardships. So when you are met with adversity, when you're met with an obstacle, when you're met with something that makes that devil on your shoulder, start screaming and screaming and screaming in your ear that you can't do it. Acknowledge the fact that you are literally like on the corner of making, you know, some kind of progress, making some kind of a breakthrough or, you know, making one more step towards your goal, because an obstacle, no matter how large is testing you to see how you can adapt and how you can grow and self-sabotage is, you know, basically just saying, oh, there's a rock in my way. I'm just going to crawl under it instead of deciding to go around it. Like that is what self-sabotage is. But if you are able to start to view difficulty, adversity, obstacles differently, if you're able to view them as an opportunity for growth, if you're able to view them as a blessing to even have obstacles to, to teach you something in your life, um, then you're going to have a vastly different outcome and you're going to get a heck of a lot farther in life, I think. And I don't know when this became like a podcast about like personal development, but I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like they go hand in hand, but so I'm going to recommend two books. Um, so one of them is grit by Angela Duckworth. Yes. And it is one of the greatest books I feel like I've ever read because it's, I mean, at the end of the day, the whole takeaway, so spoiler, if you don't want to read the whole thing, it's just kind of like grit. It, it's just that like 
having that characteristic of never giving up, no matter what is thrown your way, you just keep at it. You never quit. Um, so boom, there's the whole summary of the book, but it's, it's excellent. And the other book, I believe it's called David and Goliath. And I don't know the author author off the top of my head. Um, and I, I can't remember if there's a story in David and Goliath, or if I think there is, um, or there's one more book. I, I know I read it during, um, my internship at high school, but the author brought up this really interesting question. And it's like, would you wish for your kid to be dyslexic? Like, of course you wouldn't wish that on your kid, right? Like they would be faced with so much adversity. They'd have to overcome so much learning would be so hard, but I believe a lot of, and again, God, um, please fact check me. (laughs) Um, but I think in that story, they were saying like a lot of like fortune 500 CEOs, like a lot of them are dyslexic. Yeah. Or have learning disabilities or like didn't finish high school or something. And it's, and it's because learning was difficult for them. They couldn't do it in their traditional sense. So they had to figure out a way around it. And so I just think that that's so interesting. Cause it's like, as a parent, like, of, you know, of course we're not parents, but we, we would be like, well, of course I wouldn't wish anything bad to happen to my kid. But at the end of the day, if you're like, well, if they become this like very gritty person, would I, <laughs> like, would I wish that on them? Um, but it's just a very interesting way to think about your setbacks. And so instead of this whole, like, woe is me victimhood kind of mentality where it's like, well, I can't be successful because I have this characteristic or I have this challenge instead just being like, I have this. So how do I work around it? How do I get better? How do I improve? Um, and so just kind of knowing that you're never a victim, that you can always take action and you can always change your situation. I love it. Absolutely. We're going on these huge tangents. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even a tangent. It's just, how do you stop self-sabotage? You take action. You start believing in yourself. Really? Right. I think the, uh, one of the, I think we have like two main points left, but one of them to kind of transition into it is just perfectionism. Uh, and perfectionism is the enemy of all progress because you're never going to get anything done if you wait for it to be perfect or if you wait for it to be the right time. So when it comes to self-sabotage, your perfect perfectionistic tendencies can actually be uh, a really big, you know, kind of thing that slows you down because the mindset behind it is like, if it's not perfect, then screw it. And, you know, I see this a lot with clients with macros or their diet or their training, you know, if it's not perfect, if I can't do the whole workout, then I'm not going to do it at all. And so like one thing that I tell clients to do for that is like the 20 minute rule. So go in, you know, you, maybe you have an hour long workout, maybe it's even 45 minutes, but you're like, I just don't know if I have that time. Take the pressure off yourself. I actually had a client do this like last week. I was like, Hey, you know, you could just go in and do like half of it. Right. And she was just like mind blown. She was like, wait, really? Like, because the communication between me and her was perceived as I have to do all my workouts fully. But if you take that pressure off and you're like, well, you know, maybe I can only get half in today. Uh, But what does that do? It allows you to take action. It allows you to feel good about yourself after, instead of saying, I didn't do any of my workouts, you said, well, I did like one and a half and I feel good that I was able to just get myself in for that. And that's always going to end up being more of a net positive. Uh, so just kind of remembering that like, it doesn't need to be perfect. The whole phrase that I love is done is better than perfect. And I operate by that, you know, 99% of the time, which is weird because I actually took an Enneagram test recently. And it said, I was, I think it's a one whichever one is like perfectionistic, which doesn't make sense. Cause like, I literally don't like spell check anything or like, <laughs> or like try to like look for little details in things. Um, oh, that's Enneagram two. Uh, I'm either a one or a three with a good bit of eight. I can't remember. <laughs> um, one of the things that you, as soon as you start talking about it, instead of fitness, my mind went directly to my coaching business because I feel like there are so many things that, that I tried to do to make perfect. It's like the perfect logo, the perfect website, the perfect, you know, this, Dude. and I, well, I can't do this <laughs> until like, it's perfect. I can't do. And it's like, I, Oh, I need to get this certification. I need to do this. And it, it kept me stagnant for so long. 
and I don't know what flip kind of switched, but now I, it's kind of just the idea of like messy action. Well, if I try it and it doesn't work, then like, we'll figure out something else and we'll move on. And I just am a lot like better at making decisions and not just being like, Oh, is it perfect? Is this perfect? Is this, this, and I'm just like, just, just do it. Just, <laughs> just do it and see what happens. Um, yeah. and so that has taken me so much further than that perfect, perfect, oh God, perfectionist <laughs> type tendencies. And I think it's almost, I mean, it's like the same thing with the podcast too. It's like, I mean, the idea came to us and we just kind of rolled with it and, you know, yeah. I mean, if you go back and listen to the first few episodes, I'm sure they're not great and we might cringe at them in a year or two, but again, it's like, you know what we started and we know that we've provided some value. Is it, you know, the greatest podcast in the entire world? I don't know. We, we might think so. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows, but like we are helping someone. And so you just, just start whatever, whatever your goal is, you know, if it is health and fitness, which probably is, if you're listening to this podcast, maybe it's not, maybe this is inspiring you to take charge in another area of your life, but whatever it is, just do it. Yeah. I, I laughed when you said like your perfectionism in, in your business, because I remember like, it was like years ago, but I remember how long it took you to publish your website like the first one that you did. And I was like, yeah. I was like, why is this taking you so long? <laughs> and you kept asking me to like, Everything. look at it over and yeah. over again. And I was like, I was like, damn, like it looks better than mine. Just publish it. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, that's my mindset. And it's funny. Cause it's like, that's how I was back in high school too. I remember. Um, so I, you know, another hobby of mine is like drawing and crafting and stuff. And so I took three years of art in high school. Like I took AP art and I was good at what I did, but I think I got like a C or maybe, no, probably not a C. I think I got a B in that class, which is not good, but it's just because like my homework was always late. My projects were late because I turned them in and they were half completed because if it wasn't perfect, like I just, I couldn't continue with it. Um, and so I just think it's funny. Cause like, there are so many like signs of that all through, like throughout the years. And then finally I was just like, whatever, I just need to do it. <laughs> yeah. I just need to get it done. That's really funny. Yeah. Damn, Christina, you got to be in art. I know. I know. <laughs> I think my lowest grade ever was a C and I think it was in, um, I think it was stats or Spanish, more than likely Spanish. I was so bad. <laughs> Muy malo. <laughs> I don't know what um, that means. I never took Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very bad. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the point being, don't, I mean, well, a lot of people do have perfectionistic tendencies, but if you can identify that within yourself, overcoming that and saying, I'm going to get shit done anyways. And I'm going to allow myself to at least try to believe or just act on done is better than perfect. If you take, and here's the thing too, once something is done, you can edit it. You can make it better. Like if you do a workout and it wasn't perfect, like you have another week to go do that. Probably another few weeks to go do that. If you didn't hit your macros one day, you know, if you, if you were off on your calories or you missed your protein goal, or you didn't drink enough water guess what you have tomorrow to do that. Um, and you can just make up for those mistakes, quote unquote mistakes, or do better the next time by just using it again. It's done. It's a learning experience. What wasn't done perfectly can be used as a tool to learn. Okay. If I didn't hit my macros, calories, whatever, then I can look at that and be like, well, how can I do better the next day? and take that into account and then implement it. And then you just keep getting better and better. And then you get closer and closer to actually being quote unquote perfect, right? Like no one's ever going to be hundred percent perfect with anything ever. It's not possible, but we get closer and closer. We close that gap because we are improving and improving versus if you had let your perfectionistic tendencies stop you in the first place, you're actually way farther behind and farther away from perfect than you ever would be if you actually just tried. Right. And so that we've already hit on this earlier, kind of the idea of building momentum with small goals and because you make them more attainable and they just seem a little bit easier and you can continue to build off of that. So while I believe that having like your big picture, like in mind and, and you're constantly trying to reach these big goals, 
they sometimes can feel overwhelming and unattainable. So I think it's really good to kind of break down your big goals into like mid-year kind of goals or like a mid-level goal or then like small daily goals. And so, yeah, it doesn't seem like a big deal to hit, you know, your macros or to get in a short, you know, 45 minute workout and to do, you know, 20 minutes of cardio. Like it's, it's hard to see those actions day in and day out kind of play out over time, but that's what it is. If you're, if you're doing what you need to do every single day, you will be successful. You will move in the right direction. And so maybe it might take you longer than you thought, but you're still getting there. Um, so I, that's why I think it's really important to, you know, kind of set your intention for your day, set your intention for your week. Like what is the big thing that you're working for towards for that month? And then, you know, maybe in three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, like, where do you want to be? And then again, it's kind of like what we talked about before with defining your success. So it's like, maybe your big goal was to lose 20 pounds, but if you lose 18, did you fail? Like, is that really a failure or like, did you get pretty close to where you want to be and that's successful to you? Um, so I, I, it's, again, I think it's breaking it down and just kind of taking everything day to, day by day, because, and I, I can keep going back to the business, but it's like, <laughs> there's always something that you can be doing. There's always something that you can work on. There's always something that you can edit. There's always something. And if you keep thinking that and letting it hold you back, then you're never going to get anywhere. So like, it's just, it's just starting and just taking it one day at a time. Yeah. And I, I love what you said about setting your intention for the day or for the week and, and bringing that back to the bigger vision. And I just want to go along that thought process of alignment one more time, kind of from a different frame of mind of just making sure that when you do set that intention for the day, for the week, um, you know, ask yourself, does this align with my bigger vision? Like, and, and prevent self-sabotage from happening up front. So what you can do is you can say, okay, if my goal is to uh, only eat out once this week and uh, get all of my nutrition nailed down for the week, get a couple of workouts in, whatever it is. And if your goal is say, you know, if your goal is not fat loss, for example, and your goal is not to be rigid and, and see these results in a, in a rigid manner, then what why is there the goal that week of only eating out once or, you know, perfectly hitting your macros or whatever it is, right? There's not alignment in that because if you hold yourself to that standard, but the larger goal is just like, Hey, like let's chill here and like lift some heavy stuff and like eat good. Those two things don't line up. So then you're basically setting yourself up for self-sabotage because what's going to happen is the bigger goal is going to take over in your actions and you're going to kind of basically do what you otherwise would have done if you set the expectation appropriately, maybe ate out a couple of times, made some good decisions, made some bad ones, lifted some heavy stuff. Um, and that's kind of an example of like having alignment versus not having an alignment that I wanted to give just to kind of put some, something tangible on that for you guys. Yeah. yeah I love that. And then I think, you know, we keep talking about success and failure. And so I think it's really important to define success and what that means for you, because, you know, whether it is a business or whether it is a physique goal, like if you don't want to step on stage, if you don't want to be a bikini competitor, then don't let someone else's goals rub off on you or what you think is, you know, this goal physique or whatever, you know, if someone else wants to be a power lifter and you don't, if you just want to get healthy, if that is just your main concern, and maybe you lose a couple pounds in the process and that's great but making sure that it fits your lifestyle and it's going to improve your life in some way. And it is really difficult with social media because you see so many other people sharing their goals and you, you know, I think the other side of it too, is you don't see their, uh, you know, we only see the high rate, high, high, right highlight <laughs> real. So we only see all their successes. We don't see all of their failures. We don't see that along the way. So I think that, that social media can make it a little bit difficult. So trying to put on blinders and just focusing on yourself and what you think your version of success will look like. 
Right. And then defining success for your different contexts. So Mm -hmm. I actually like just made a post on vacations. And so that's a really good example kind of going back to that is, okay, success on a normal week where like nothing's happening and like you're just in your routine is going to look very, very different than success when you're on vacation. But oftentimes what we do is we set ourselves up for self-sabotage as usual, because we give ourselves the expectations on vacation of our normal day-to-day week. So we go into our vacation, we're like, well, I have to stick to my diet or I have to get these workouts in. And it's like, okay, well, you're at a resort. You don't have a full gym. You're eating from a buffet three times a day. Do you really think that that's something that you need to do right now? Like, do you really think that that is success? Because that's not realistic. So what I have a lot of my clients do is reframe what success is by establishing themes. So instead of saying, okay, well, I'm going to hit my, these numbers and this weight and these reps and all of this stuff, instead of doing that, I try to set the theme of like, I will be active throughout the, you know, journey of this vacation. I will, I will make healthier choices most of the time while I'm on this vacation. I will allow myself to indulge in moderation sometimes on this vacation. I will try to stay uh, adequately hydrated. And those are themes that, yes, they're, so usually it's like, we want concrete goals. We want smart goals, like measurable, timely, whatever. But on these sorts of contexts, it's actually much, much more beneficial to have kind of those loose, like can be defined in multiple ways type of goals, because being active doesn't necessarily have to mean that you go get a lift in. So what if you don't have gym access? What if you're like literally in the middle of nowhere for your vacation, then what are you going to do if you don't have dumbbells? Are you going to break down and cry? Or are you just going to take a walk? Like, so just being active can be defined in multiple ways, making healthy choices, can be defined in multiple ways and, and, you know, indulgences, hydration, all of the above. So that's a tip that I think is really important is just uh, to prevent self-sabotage, setting the appropriate expectations, depending on context and what success looks like for you uh, as an individual in, in those different contexts. Yeah. And to kind of, I guess, wrap it up and, and kind of finish our thoughts is at the end of the day, Remember that you are the person in charge, that no one else makes decisions for you unless you are like a teenager (laughs) and you have parents. (laughs) But at the end of the day, like no one is forcing you to eat certain things that you are in charge of what you consume. You're in charge of your actions and you can decide whether or not you want to change. And, you know, again, going back to other people's opinions, like we allow other people's opinions to shape the way we live our lives and our actions. And, you know, it's hard to follow through if it's something that you don't want to do, if it's not your own choice. So I think this happens a lot of times with parents that parents have certain expectations for their kids. And sometimes we feel bad breaking those expectations, but if there's something that you want to pursue, if there's something that you want to do, go for it. And remember that you were the only person in charge of you. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is like uh, a lot of this with like spouses or significant others. um, I find that a lot of times clients or friends or family, they'll actually let what they think someone's opinion of them or of what they should do dictate what they should do, but then there's no open communication. And then once that's on the open of like, oh, well, I thought you held this standard for me, or you didn't want me to do X, Y, and Z. So I didn't. And then the person is like, um, that's not the case. I totally want you to go after blah, 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 blah. And then like, so you're literally letting your own self doubt based on like what, what this fabricated opinion is from other people, whether it's your SO, your spouse, whether it's freaking people on social media, haters, whatever, like you're actually like giving them voices that they don't have, giving them opinions that, it, that they don't have to hold you back. You're basically creating more devils on your shoulder to tell you, no, you can't, no, you shouldn't. And so I definitely encourage just open communication with those who are close to you that you do allow you to allow to influence you in your decisions, your life, if, if you know, they're your partner or whatnot. 
um, as well as just not allowing yourself to give those other people voices if they don't actually have a voice in your day-to-day life, right? And so I think we we allow this to happen with our fitness more than we do, you know, other life decisions, but it really does go hand in hand with everything that we do. Yeah, uh, definitely. But yeah, just like other people's opinions depending on who they are, they may or may not matter, but like know where those people stand in your life and how much influence they really should have. And then second, don't give them opinions or don't fabricate opinions in your own head that hold you back if you don't even know that they exist. Because I see that happen a lot. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys want to listen to a really good episode about relationships and how to navigate things, we go over that in episode 11. So we talk all about significant others. And of course it, it mainly focuses on your health and nutrition, but it's still a really good episode to listen to if you haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think the, that open communication is a really good one. And same thing with your parents. Like sometimes we have, you know, those hard heart to heart conversations with the parents and you tell them like, I thought you thought this and they're like, no, absolutely not. And I feel like at the end of the day, if people have your good intentions like there, that they're mostly just like, hey, I want you to be happy. I want you to do whatever it is that makes you happy. And I think that sometimes what happens with significant others is a lot of times they don't like change. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them don't like to disrupt habits and things like that. But if it is something that is important to you and it's going to make you happy, um, to, to continue to do it. And like what we talked about before, it might be, uh, it might be more difficult to have someone who's not hundred percent on board with you. Um, and it might be a setback, but instead of, you know, that woe is me type thing, just saying like, well, this is just another thing I have to overcome. And it might make my journey a little bit more challenging, but it's just something that, uh, is just going to make me stronger in the future. I love that. I love that. Um, So I don't have anything else to really add to this, but I think we covered so many bases and I'm just really excited for you guys to be listening to this today. So thank you for listening if you're already at this point, but just to quickly recap the main points, I think takeaways that we have from today are self-sabotage, stop it by taking action, starting to build momentum with yourself get some skin in the game somehow with an accountability partner, a coach, whatever, especially if it's fitness related. Uh, Remember that if it's not perfect, it's okay. Done is better than perfect. Remember that you're in charge of your own decisions. Failures don't exist. Only quitting is the only failure. And uh, what was the last one? Don't stop yourself before you even start. Yeah. So it's just kind of going back to like knowing your why, keeping that in your forefront, but breaking down into smaller goals, setting your intention again, defining your own success, but again, not so much in a rigid way. Again, like Marissa just said, focus on improvement, not perfection. And when you make mistakes, focus on it being a learning process and using that growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset, which of course we have another episode on. Uh, I don't know what number it is off the top of my head, but we go into a lot of that mindset stuff. And then um, just knowing that a growth mindset is achieved over time. Um, But again, you have to take action and that will precede um, belief. And then that will just continue to reinforce those habits and that mindset if you continue taking action. So this like morphed from fitness into like a little mindset chit chat at the end, but I really like how it flowed and how it went. So hopefully you got a lot out of this. Um, I, I love when our podcasts kind of go in this direction. Yeah. I, I really just like today, especially it's been a long week and a long day, but I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to just really immerse myself in this conversation. Like, I'm not going to worry about saying something profound. I'm not going to worry about like, you know, whatever, like using the best word choice or, you know, not saying, um, I'm not going to worry about any of that. I'm literally just going to sit here and engage with this conversation. And I think that's like really when it goes best for me is when I just like forget about everything on the outside and just like really just try to contribute value. Yeah. It it was tough for me in the beginning. So my audio wasn't working. (laughs) 
And um, I had to, it was like trying to figure that out when I wasn't talking. So I was like trying to, like I was scrambling because the audacity wasn't working. My cat, oh my God, I want to throw him out the window. Um, he was driving me crazy. Had to get up. If you're watching the YouTube, I had to get up like two or three times because he was being so bad. He's finally sleeping. Um, but I, I hate when all that stuff is going on. Cause the same, same thing. I feel like I'm focusing on all this outside, like external thing. And I love when we're like a hundred percent, like involved in the conversation. Um, but still super happy with how the episode went and I hope you guys like these episodes. Um, and again, like we mentioned before, we really do appreciate your feedback and we value any, um, it, whether it's good or bad, we value it and we take it and we move on and hopefully improve on the next episodes. But, um, I don't, I don't have anything else to say to you. That's it. That's all I got. Perfect. So we hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as much as we did. And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. That helps us out a lot, guys. And if you can do a review, we would absolutely love that too. And you can find both of us on Instagram. You can find me at Christy Lynn Fit and Marissa is at Marissa Roy Fitness. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast, and we hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something from it. Please remember that Christina and I are not medical professionals, so if you're going to make any changes to your exercise or nutrition routines, please consult with your doctor or medical team first. Finally, we would love you even more than we already do if you took the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Ratings and reviews are how this podcast moves up the ranks and becomes accessible to even more people. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next Tuesday here at the Barbell Lifestyle Podcast.